another episode of Baggers Chat. Before we get started with the game, boys, as big as it was, there's even bigger news. Speechly, he's returned. How you been, mate? Yeah, look, uh, you know, I've, I think uh, I put a curse on us, I think. Um, ever since <laughs> I haven't been on the podcast, we've been quite average. So I uh, hopefully got to change the tide this week. And by us quite average, of course, he means the footy club, not the podcast in general. Oh, of course. Yes. Thank you. That's all right. Um, tell us, how you been, mate? You been good? Yeah. Yeah, I've been good. Just a lot of work and just uh, haven't had the time to be with you boys, but good to be back and, yeah, get stuck into talking about the club we love. Of course, yeah. There was rumours circulating, jail, dead, um, mostly, <laughs> mostly started by me, but that's all right. Um, of course, we are here this week to talk about the... Look, heart-wrenching loss, really. Um, oh, is it an honourable loss? Maybe. But uh, Blues, 10-14-74. Ds, 11-13-79. Uh, we're now 12-9. and nine. We have lost, I think, what, three in a row now, I think it is, um, which we have finally dropped down a position to eighth. We held on to that seventh for a little while, but we're now uh, eighth with a huge clash this week, boys. Um, speech, mate, you're back with us. I'll start with you. Um, Where did you watch the game from and what are your, I guess, key takeaways first off? Um, yeah, so it was just at home watching it. Um, couldn't get down to it because it's a work. But um, yeah, it was just just one of those games where you know you, you celebrate and you think you know finally back to September, and then just gets ripped away from you in a matter of seconds. It, it's just you know still numb thinking about how we let that slip away. How we're still you know fighting for that spot in the eight still, even though it was in our hands. Um, but yeah, it was just. I don't think we're really beaten on, on, on the night. I think there's not really too many areas except we're beaten. It's just one of those things where someone's going to lose and unfortunately it was us. Absolutely. I think the only thing if I had to put it down beaten to, and this could just be a me thing, but I think just general marking around the ground, contested marking as well. I think Gorn and Jackson, the two that sort of seemed to be clunking them. And I think we sort of lacked, I don't know if it was TDK missing or whatever, but I remember it was the Hawthorne game where we, Hawthorne aren't Melbourne, don't get me wrong. Um, they almost were in the 90s, but they're not now. Um, they just, I don't know, like we had TDK, I think it was a Hawthorne game, just take like four or five, literally four or five marks late in the game to soak up the time. But, um, Ace, how did you, uh, you were at the game, mate, and how did you react? Yeah, um, like Speechley said, I think we were fantastic. Um, it probably almost is our first four-quarter game because I thought we were fantastic for most of the game, uh, apart from probably the last minute, which was just um obviously shattering um i get angry watching it just due to how well we played and we didn't get the result but um yeah that, that last two minutes i don't know about you guys but that last two minutes was the biggest blur of my life i don't really remember it at the game i just saw the ball moving pinging around just checking the time on the uh, afl app and all these people just asking what's the time what's how long how long have we got it and there was a Carlton sport in front of me standing on the chair when Charlie kicked the goal. And I thought we uh, thought we had it, but um wasn't meant to be because of bloody Cozzy Pickett. Just quietly, though, speech probably not as much for you if you're watching at home because you've got the countdown timer. But at the game, how long was that fucking quarter, man? <laughs> this was the longest quarter of football I've ever actually been to. Which I know it's still just 20 minutes, no time or whatever, but it's like 36 minutes or something ridiculous. Um, Paddo, were you there, mate? Um, how were the emotions after the game? Yeah, mate, absolute pleasure to be uh, back with our speech here, of course. Um, but, yeah, I think just to start off, I think it's probably one of the first games that I've ever watched really Carlton with. It's not really anger. It's more just sadness and just depressing sort of emotions. Like, after the game, I just had my hand, like, I just had my head in my hands. I just could not believe it. 
Um, I do have to say it was close to shedding a tear. Um, maybe I did shed a tear. <laughs> oh, I hate to say it. But, um, yeah, it's just just heartbreak, pure heartbreak. I know that a lot of games this season we've kind of said, yeah, that was heartbreak. That was exactly the definition of it. Um, it was pretty much the unlosable. It was kind of Essendon um, a couple of weeks ago against Collingwood when it, like, they shouldn't have lost the game. They pretty much did everything they could to lose that game. Um, and, yeah, like as – as especially in Duffy said, I just think um, I think it was just a lot. We did so so well, and I just purely think it was just pressure. We didn't really know how to handle the pressure, and um, yeah, Dee's just it showed he just showed it why they are probably the best team in the comp right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think what you said there is brilliantly said, and it's a testament to what Speed said as well. In terms of you couldn't actually be angry because it was almost we didn't really get beaten anywhere. There was nothing to be angry at. It was just literally because of what was on the line and the way we, it happened. It was just pure heartache. Um, few things to unpack as well. I think it'll be a bit of a long episode tonight. Um, Cripps obviously booed a little bit there, um, which I think was sort of almost expected, but I was a bit almost, still surprised at. Um, what did you think about that, boys? Were you were you surprised one and two? Did you really care? Or it obviously didn't affect him, so. Were you surprised by a panel? I wasn't surprised. I think it was like when they, when they were booed, I was like, well, show him out Stone Cripper. Like, I think that's when he kind of thrives. Um, it, just when he kind of has the back against the wall. Like, I know that I was with a Melbourne supporter, a really nice one, actually. Like, I mean, it's quite hard to find the opposition supporters, but I think Melbourne um, supporters, there's not too many of them. I know that I know that there are too many of them, but I know that there are, are a few that. Um, really do love their club and they're kind of very similar to us with um, their rebuild and how, how shit they've been for so long and they're starting to <coughs> find some success now. But um, yeah, I know that there were a few moments of pause behind me, like every single time or like ah, two weeks, it should have been two weeks, should have been two weeks. I'm like, move on, mate. Just move on. Like, it's not our fault. It's not Cripper's fault. Like, it's not like, we. I mean, you hope we don't pay him for Cripper uh, getting off, but um, I don't mean... I, I just think we just have to move on. Um, I think it's just just the tribunal um, serving justice, mate. Just quietly though, um, booing a player for a football act, an act that happens on a football field, but you've got uh, two people running out there in Melbourne jumpers that belt each other in pubs. I don't know. I don't know. Which is actually a criminal offence. I don't know. Daffy, what did you think of the booing? Um, well, like I said in the preview, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Melbourne just due to the uh, old fella going for him. But um, nah, I didn't. Wasn't a fan of that at all. Uh, the old fella wasn't a fan of it either. Just, you know, due to Paddy Cripps just being a champion of the game, not just a, of a, a footy club. Um, you know, he's always been within the rules. He's never been suspended. He's never, you know, done anything stupid off the field like a Dugowie or, you know, those types of players. I thought it was just stupid. And um, like Pato said, it kind of, you know, got him up and about. Uh, it was a bit like Saad last year against Essendon. Uh, just got him up and about. And um, I will... Bet my bottom dollar that uh, Collingwood will do it as well. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not really a surprise. Um, Spacey, watching from home, mate, could you could you really hear or tell there was booing? And what do you think of it? Um, well, to be honest, there was a little bit of booing, but um, it was on, on tally, it was drowned out a lot by the Carlton cheers. So it was, I mean, there was only about 10 Melbourne fans there, as Patrick said, so um, <laughs> yeah, I could barely hear it. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised they did it, but I think other than... I mean, the Adam Good. So, I mean, has there any, ever really been a player to get booed for an act against or for something that didn't happen against their club? Like, yeah. um, Absolutely. Like, it's good uh, to be watching the show as well, though. Um, just as a little panel comment there, it shows you had them watching. So that's good. Always do. Every week, mate. 
Um, Kennedy, we're going to talk about that as well. I'm not sure if it happened before last week's episode or not, but uh, ruled out for the year with a foot in- injury. Was initially out with uh, you know, fractured jaw or concussion or whatever it was. Um, but we get like things happen, I guess, outside of it, but there was no real talk from the club I found. Um, Speechly, what did you uh, think of that, mate? Are you shocked by that or? Yeah, I mean, obviously when a player's missing with concussion and a jaw injury, the, you're not really going to be suspecting, oh, yeah, he's missing in the year because he's got a foot injury. It's probably the last thing you're expecting. But, um, I mean, I guess, I mean, it's, it's footy. Um, but, yeah, it's very perplexing how that happened. Um, just goes in for a routine scan, randomly has a foot injury. That's weird. But, um, I mean, obviously it sucks to be without him for the rest of the year going into potentially finals. Um, hopefully we get there. But, um, yeah, it's... Definitely one of the more perplexing injuries to come out this year. We've had some weird ones. Absolutely. Ethan, I'll go to you next, and I'm excited for this one. And I want to just throw out Dre Russ's name, and I want to get your opinion on him and um, the incident as a whole, mate. Yeah, well, I think, well, Kennedy's a foot injury. It's probably hard to, I guess, it's not really a soft tissue, which is not really, it's, you know, more of an in-game thing. I think it happened during the Giants game, if I'm not wrong. Um, He might have gone off limping. Um, he did come back on the field and obviously play the week after, but I think he's had something niggling with his ankle and foot for most of the year. Um, he's been fantastic this year. But, yeah, just on Dre Russ, um, as we call him, uh, Andrew Russell, um, I just think he's got to be under the spotlight. There's got to be a point where he's got to be under the spotlight. Obviously, we've had some absolute rubbish injuries that are uncontrollable, but there's some of these soft tissue ones, to especially players like Jack Martin, um, and a few others, you know, obviously you look at Jack Martin's impact on the weekend, you have him for the last two, three weeks, we might have, um, you know, their fortunes might have changed. So, yeah, it's got to be a spotlight, but, um, yeah, it'll be interesting coming into the off-season, what we do off the field. I don't know, how was your, what was your opinion, I guess, this uh, communication for the club around, it's happened a few times before, um, like we haven't really heard a lot about, we did the other day about Cunningham, but it seems like we've got long periods of time without hearing about these players and um, a few shocks sort of injuries, Pat. Yeah, I mean, I know that we've <laughs> we've seen it a few times over the past few years with players, um, they kind of just get an injury. And then, I mean, especially with the OMAC, I think at the start of the year, it was started off to be maybe a one-week injury and then it turns out to be the season, which is just absolutely mind-blowing. Um, but yeah, I think um, I, I think the pressure 100% has to be on Andrew Russell. Like, I mean, there's no other... I mean, of course, there might be a little bit of unlucky with Zach Williams, but, it, but it's players that matter to this side. Like, it's Zach Williams, Jack Martin... Like, you can name them so many. Even like an Adam Chera, which is a player that you wouldn't really think would be down that road of soft tissue injuries. But once again, he's had a hamstring injury. And then um, I don't know exactly what the injury was, but I think it's only a one-weeker. But um, I know that you boys would probably know. But um, I think it's just they, like these few players that are really vital to this side, um, just getting just one to two-week injuries that really matter. And so like right now, we probably need it like an Adam Chera out there now for his class and even like a George Hewitt um, with that back injury that started off to be a one-week injury. Now he's out for the rest of the season, which is um, gobsmacking. Just quickly, just quickly on um, Chera. I personally think he's been underdone most of the year. Um, He had something niggling because, you know, he's had some, like, he obviously had a standout game round one and obviously everyone's fit usually come round one. And um, I think he was out for the Bulldogs game. And since then, he's just been a bit hot and cold. Um, just not having that explosive power with his legs and stuff like that. So um, let's just hope he hasn't been underdone and forced to play because that'd just be a little bit stupid. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, Achera out um, quite late. Um, you know, Doherty in the midfield. I, we'll get stuck into it a bit later on, but um, 
I didn't mind it, um, but as I said, we'll get stuck in that later on. Um, I'll run through the predictions real quick just for the sake of time. Um, yep. I had Blues by eight. Ethan, you had them by one point, mate, so you were looking pretty good there. <laughs> uh, Pato's Blues by nine, so sort of similar to me. Um, especially, can you tell me your prediction, mate? You weren't here, so run me through what you would have predicted, please. Um, yeah, look, I had uh, by the shock of none. I had the days winning. Um, I I did I did have them by sixteen. I thought you know we'd be competitive a little bit better than we did against the Lions, um, which we were a lot more competitive than we were against them. But um, yeah, I did give us much 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 uh, much credit to to win it all, and I mean we almost did, but unfortunately. I guess in the end we can't give you too much shit. You were right, but um, <laughs> um, overall thoughts of the match we're going to get now. Before we start into some stats. Um, I think we've got to also have some perspective. I think from what we could see on Facebook, most of the supporters took it pretty well. Like you do realise we are playing the reigning premiers. We were um, pretty average last year. So to think that we were going, you know, toe to toe with the yeah, reigning yeah. premiers in round, whatever it is, 20 odd, um, is still uh, pretty good. So some perspective there. Um, but I think we got to talk about Jake Melsham. I think that's sort of, uh, we've got to address that very, very soon in the podcast, very early on in the piece. Um Four goals, was it straight as well? Potentially. Four, yeah. two, I think. Missed a couple. One of the goals, I think, where Weeders, uh, a bit unlucky, spoiled it uh, straight into his lap. Uh, one, another one of the goals, he sort of just, was just the ball just fell into his lap there, right into the boundary. I think we sort of went up and. Yeah, that's right. You know, just missed the ball and he just went, thank you. Um, Pat, what happened there, mate? We seem to make these um, sort of nobody players um, better than they are. Yep. Um, I think Melsham was probably brought in as soon as uh, Stephen May brought out the uh, nightclub issue. Uh, I think he was just like, he, he, he was just brought in, a great player. But very interesting with uh, Weeders going initially straight on to um, Melsham. Um, that one was quite um, quite interesting because I know that straight away it, it was literally first bounce. It was on him because I, I was searching. I was expecting Weeders to go to Brown, Young to go to Jackson, Marchbank to go to Fritch, and all of a sudden Vossi um, as kind of change it all around. But um, as we spoke about before the episode started, I just think it wasn't really down. Like, I think our defense was exceptional. Um, I just think that to have a guy like Jake Melksham on a guy, Jacob Wettering, who would usually go on that key forward to lock down that player, um, it looked like he was probably going to try and be that intercept defender. But I think that's why you have a Mitch McGovern down there. So, yeah, that was quite an interesting one. But, um, yeah, other than that, I think Melksham played well um, and probably was probably the match winner. I'll double up the question before I go to you boys and stick with you, Pato. Is that pretty much where we lost the game or is there one area you can pinpoint where just we let it go away? I think it was the right domination. Um, I just think that Gorn and Jackson, them too. Um, of course, I think Pitt and Ed did really well, um, but I just think um, if we had that other um, Ruckman, like a TDK, um, I think it would have been really handy. Um, but of course, Silvani did well. Um, it's kind of, I mean, I don't really expect too much from him um, when he's coming up against a Gorn or Jackson, but also if you've got a guy like Teddy K in the waiting in the ranks and you bring in a guy, like, um, you bring in a guy like Silvani to play in the second ruck, um, seeing it like actually looking at those two big ruckmen, um, I know arguably um, not the greatest call, but um, of course, Silvani held his own when he went forward as well. Well said, mate. Um, Daff, uh, two questions there. Melksham, mate, and how did we sort of lose this game? Was he the reason? Um, well, Jake Melksham gives me nightmares of, I think it might have been 2013, Jared Wade kicked seven. He was playing for Essendon, ran down the wing, kicked the goal. 
Um, all the bomber wankers celebrated in our face. But, um, yeah, that was a little fella and that wasn't a good night. But, yeah, he was fantastic. Um, I wouldn't really class him as a nobody, to be honest. I think he's, you know, you got to give him some respect. He's played footy for a while and, um, you know, always well at Essendon he played most weeks. And at Melbourne, probably just back into last year, didn't get a game, obviously didn't play in the grand final. Um, just due to how many good players they have. But, yeah, geez, it was it was interesting to see Weeders on him. Um, I think, if I'm not wrong, I'm, I'm not sure. Did Gorn start forward at the first bounce? Yeah, he did. Yeah. I think that might have... Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it was a bit a bit weird. I think they kind of shuffled it a bit, which is good by their coaches. But, um, yeah, I guess, you know, Jake letting Jake Melksham off the leash probably doesn't help out, you know. doesn't, you know, obviously lets them win, but... Um, just on Pato's point with the Rucks, I personally don't see both Pitto and Teddy K playing a game together for the rest of the year. Um, I just think I I loved Pitto on the weekend. Uh, I thought he was fantastic. He's just that natural Ruck, um, big body, got into Gorn, who I think, you know, obviously, like, like, like Pato said, was taking marks around the ground, but I just didn't feel like he really dominated. Um, I thought Sauce did well. And, and just our midfield group, even though it was a bunch of blokes, who, some of the blokes who weren't really midfielders most of the year, it worked out well. So it was just uh, up to Cozzy, really. Cozzy the bastard. <laughs> yeah, also, no, it's, it's a fair point with Melksham in terms of, um, you know, not a nobody. But, I mean, in regards to how backline, he should really be a nobody. I know that sounds rude, but, like, you look at Jacob Reedering, Lewis Young, you know, sorry, Govan there, whatever. Like he should, in theory, have um, very little impact. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I see your point. Uh, Speechly, same questions to you, mate. Yeah, um, obviously, me, Malcolm's one of my least favorite players in the in the game. Um, probably purely from that Essendon game. Um, you know, not the first time he's uh, you know, won the game against us. Um, but it's just frustrating seeing a guy like that. I mean, yeah, he's played over two hundred games for forty, but. Right now, he's in the twilight of his career. He shouldn't be kicking four goals against a back line that's got, yeah, Weedering, Young, McGovern. Like, it's, it's just frustrating. Um, I think, I mean, when you look at it that way, it's probably, I mean, he kicked four goals and Charlie Conner kicked one goal. Like, you think, who's who's the better player? And we kept Bailey Fritz to only one goal. So, I think we did, did a good job there. And that was just a cheap down-the-ground free kick that wasn't there. But, um, but yeah, I think, I mean, to the rocks, I think. I think Peter and Soss did okay, but... We really are missing a true number one ruckman because Pito is not a number one ruck. Like, I mean, he's our number one ruck, but he's not like the league. Like, in terms of the league, he's not a great number one ruck. And Ted K, we did miss his marking around the ground. Obviously, Gorn Jackson killed us like that. But I think we are missing a true dominant number one ruck. I think that will really unlock unlock our midfield. But yeah, Malksham, just I I don't want to see him kick another goal against us. I can't I can't deal with his face. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Thanks, guys. Yeah. Hey, welcome back. <laughs> with um, with Gorn as well, he said, and I think Jack's mentioned as well. Yeah, so to, um, five and four contested marks and so nine contested marks between them, which was the game high with Harry equally on four. Um, so, yeah, I think that's sort of one of the areas where we lost, in my opinion. We did we, we missed that sort of a TDK, as I said, mentioned before, like just towards the last couple of minutes to take them a few marks, although we should have really been able to close out the game. Um better than what we did. Um, but yeah, we'll get stuck into some stats, but I'm just on Gorn too. You played on, but anyway, um, that's all right. We'll move on from that. Um, 
nothing too like there's nothing too ungodly in terms of disposals or sorry just stats in general like there's like they had 58 inside 50s to our 48 uh, which is again credit to our you know to defense uh for holding that up in terms of just you know 58's a huge huge amount but comparatively to 48 it's obviously more so um but look looking at that uh, Paddo, the stats sort of there there's nothing really too, that stands out too much to you is there yeah, absolutely spot on. Um, I just really think it was just just that last minute or two minutes when we just had that those those options when we probably arguably under that pressure we just didn't know how to handle it. Um, but yeah, just like they're like the key that um, the key stats and there really isn't really much difference up between the two and that's a premiership side like that's the reigning premiers. Um, so it just shows that when our best footy is there and mind you we didn't have we like we had a lot of players out of our midfield and. I would think that their midfield probably wasn't overly great other than their rucks. Um, I just think that their impact wasn't really there. So that just shows that how great um, our midfielders did. Like Will Setterfield, he was fantastic. Like he had 26 touches, but um, I think he was great. Um, so it's going to be interesting now because I don't think a guy like Dow, I, I don't reckon he's here next year because I reckon Setterfield will probably be that midfield depth and I don't want him to be on the wing because I know that I was saying, yeah, I would love him him on the wing. Probably doesn't have the running capacity to really be a winger, so I think that him on him on the ball, he was fantastic. But um, yeah. Uh, other than that, I just think that the stats they're very very similar, and um, it's just a shame that we lost. Yeah, well said, mate. Um, yeah, Setterfield um, second uh, game high for inside fifties is seven. I think he played uh, pretty well. The biggest stat that stands out um, to me is the twenty three to thirteen free kicks. Um, a lot of them go into one individual in Melbourne, which I won't talk about because I want speech to mention um, later on. But since we're on speech, we'll go to you, mate. Um, nothing too too different there, mate. Um, I think disposal efficiency, um, disposal efficiency, yeah, it was it was bad. I think we shot ourselves in the foot a lot um, with you know just poor kicks, both out of D fifty and inside four fifty. I think just didn't look. I think a lot of times we kicked to three on ones going forward, and that was. I don't know what was with that. Um, and then, yeah, going on the 23 to 13 free kicks, I don't know how you can lay 87 tackles in a game and get one holding the ball. And that, and that holding the ball, Harry didn't even really tackle, lay a tackle. That, like, I don't I don't get how that works. Like, 87, now I get one. Like, okay. The umpires didn't, didn't lose the game, but that's it makes you, makes you wonder. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, well said. Um, now we'll go to you. Don't mention that individual yet. We'll do the website later. Um, Ethan? Uh, what do you, mate? What's, how do you see us losing this game, stats-wise? Oh, yeah. You know, we, we look at umpiring and, you know, I don't like to blame, blame the loss on, on umpiring. We didn't, you know, I'm not blaming the loss, but uh, there was one umpire. I'm actually not going to name him. I won't name him now. Um, he gave away six free kicks leading to goals for both sides and obviously five of them were D's goals and one were carbon, but we'll move on from that. But, yeah, just looking at um, just stats overall, um, just, you know, touching on our midfield. We won the clearances against the Premiership midfield. And, you know, before the game, we're talking about all the, the big names and how worried we are. And we can match up against anyone. And, you know, we've just got to make the finals and see what happens. That's that's the big test for us this week, just making it and see where it, where it can take us. But you look at the numbers, obviously, we lost the hit outs 57 to 36 due to just having that one Ruckman. But I didn't... It wasn't a major difference because we won the clearances 47 to 44. Obviously, center clearance is 10 to 9, which is huge for us because I don't know how I don't know the last time we won center clearances. Um, stoppage clearances 37 to 35. So that was just huge. And um, 
like I said, when the siren went, we, we fucking deserve to win the game. Simple as that. Yeah, mate, um, it's your job. You've jumped ahead a little bit there, but that's all right. We like that. Um, so we'll get into the midfield now. As Daffy just said, look, yeah, 57 to 36 hit outs. We won the clearances overall with, um, with a 10 above our average, which is pretty good. Um, set of clearances, um, Adelaide, we had eight, which we then nine last week against Brisbane. It's only one more, but Lions had 23. Whereas this week, we've only had 10, which is one more, but um, you can also put it down to you know how many center bounces there actually was i guess um but yeah we actually had more so that's good and um doc with game high i think it was with uh four um center clearances and then stoppage clearances 37 to 35 which is 13 above our average as well which is pretty impressive um so we've got to eat our speed sort of what are your what's your thoughts on that as a whole considering our midfield you know cherry goes out um just before the bounce and doc sort of plays on the ball and um yeah what are your thoughts there mate yeah, I, th- I think we, we covered our losses as well as I think we, we ever could have dreamed of. Um, obviously, I mean, no Chara late and then no Hewitt or Kennedy as well. I think you go into that and you think, well, how are we going to win a clearance against Pachaka, Viney, Oliver? Like, you know, you think we're going to get absolutely smashed. Um, and to our credit, I mean, we didn't. I think Doherty came in, obviously played that centre role and was, was very good. Cripp obviously stood up and played a captain's game. Um, and I think, I mean, while she didn't have... I mean, while she game, but I still think he did his job. And I think, you know, Petraka was average. I don't think he kicked that goal that was overhyped a lot because Clary did all the work. But, um, but yeah, he didn't really do much. And I think I just think our midfield really took it to them. And I definitely was not expecting that. So I was very proud of that effort. Um, and speaking of their midfielders, can I just say, Jack Miney, I, I, I love him. He's a gun. But he... Just quietly, is one of the most protective players in the league. Oh, he had four free kicks given uh, on the weekend. None against, even though he was held holding the ball probably six times at least. Um, spun around as he gets 30 seconds to get rid of it. And then as well, the dangerous tackle on Walsh that wasn't paid, dumped his head in the ground. And then, as well, not, not Viney, but Cosy Pickett gets fined for a dangerous tackle on Stocker, but it wasn't paid a dangerous tackle free kick. Like, there's little things like that. It's, it ticks you off when you're watching the game. But, um, but yeah, just quietly. I think it's, it's, it's a weekly thing, though, with Vine. He just quietly gets away with a lot and gets given a few free kicks. So just quietly, he's one of, just, just a bit of a protective species, just, even though he's a very gun, he's a very good player and he's a hard player. But, yeah, it's just, just quietly, it's, which I didn't suspect until, until the weekend. Oh, say, say just quietly one more time. Um... Sorry. <laughs> Speak up, speech, he's gone early. Um, I've got to say, look, I thought that was going to be later on in the show, but um, he's gone early, and I liked it. I've missed that. Um, it's good to see, mate. And of course, uh, Skipper as well. Ten clearances, which is um, just great. They get a fantastic game. Sauce with seven, and six to Walsh and Doc. Pato, um, what were your thoughts on, I guess, their game and just the clearances, mate? Yeah, that surprised me about Sauce, to be honest. Um, I think it just showed how kind of, I mean, like how well he kind of did in the ruck when um, when he was coming up against Gordon Jackson. Like, I just think um, he did really well. Um, but, of course, it would have been a little bit handy with that other ruckman because we might have actually been gotten, like, we may have been able to give um, a little bit more clearances to those midfielders like Cripper and Walsh and Doc. But, um, yeah, how good was Cripper? Um, I, well, like, I'm kind of glad that I heard a lot of boos because... Um, it just showed how much of an impact he had. 
Um, and yeah, Doc in the midfield. Um, that's saying when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, this is this is uh, this is a scary so um, this is a scary sight. Um, yeah, but he held his own. Like it's not like he's been in there a lot. And I know that he probably was experimented um, a little bit as a midfielder at Brisbane as well. Um, and I think he may have played in the midfield in his draft year. But um, I think he was great. Um, it's probably something that we probably won't move forward with. I don't really know if I really want him in the midfield because. We all know how good he can be off the half back, but um, yeah, that, that's a great thing that we kind of saw because we it's something needed to give, um, something needed to actually, we need some, someone to step up, and Sam Doherty was that player. Um, I know that Duffy had him um, under the pump last week, and yeah, he was just one of those players that really, really stepped up. Yeah, of course, seventy five percent centre-backs attendances, which is yeah crazy. I'll go back to you, Pato, before we go to East. Um, just in terms of going forward, can you see it happening more with Zach Williams coming in, got Gov and Zach and all that? Can you see Doherty potentially, you know, starting still half back or whatever, but going potentially um, on the ball in the centre a bit more, or is it a good? Is it a good um, avenue to have if we need it? I guess. Yeah, I think. Um... I mean, like, as I said, I just don't think um, Doc is really that player that will transition through the midfield. I, I would rather a Zach Williams be that player. Um, I think we all remember him kind of having that great game against Collingwood in the prelim final, and that's kind of stuck into my mind um, how, how good that was. So I think um, if we have a Doc, like a player like Doc who really can perform well in the midfield and we know that, um, I think it's great to have him there. But I think we all know how good... Um, how good he can be. And I would rather see a guy like Setterfield, who's a midfielder who performed really well um, in the midfield alongside a Chera or a, um, even a Hewitt. Yeah, well said, mate. Um, Ethan, go to you. Um, uh, anything else to add in terms of that? And obviously the Jack Viney discussion, you watch pretty much every Melbourne game, mate. So what's your opinion, I guess, around that? And um, yeah, obviously Doc game high for set of clearances. Can you see him playing more midfield in the future or how do you see it? Yeah, so I'll just quickly touch on Viney. I, I rate him highly. Like Jack said, I think he's a superstar. And this year, he's really stepped up again. I think in the final series last year, he was enormous and great player. Um, it's not on him. It's more on the umpires, really, just protecting him. So, uh, But we'll move on um, to the doc conversation. I love him in the middle. Um, he was, I think, 2017 before he did his ACL uh, before the 2018 season, we're actually looking at him being a midfielder um, after his All-Australian year. There was a lot of talk about him going in the midfield. Um, and, I, Jesus Christ, he looks pretty natural to me um, on the weekend. He just, um, especially the last month or so, I think our midfielders have been kind of handball first too much, um, especially in the centre clearance. We just handball that one extra, you know, you just put, you know, they put the pressure on. And he just, he's one of those blokes who likes to have a kick. So, um, he was fantastic. I thought, well, he had 10, 12 tackles. Uh, that's that's huge numbers um, for a guy who's, you know, predominantly the loose half-backer. Um, but, yeah, they were fantastic in the midfield. I thought Soss was enormous. Um, obviously, hit-outs is tough when you're versing two natural ruckmen. And, you know, I just love Jack Silvani, um, the work he puts in every week. Um, he's so underrated. People still think he's shit from other teams. I, I can't believe it. Their knowledge on football is so bad, so, so bad. Um and obviously, Krupa dominated. But yeah, just on Zach Williams, I think, I don't think you put him in the middle straight away. I, I think, you know, last year, obviously, round two, when he came in after his suspension, wasn't the most fantastic debut for the club in the middle. And he just didn't have the tank. I think the start of the year, he, this year, he's been enormous and much fitter. And obviously, he probably can pinch it in there for a couple of minutes. But um, I think he comes straight in for Nunes next week for mine. Can I run this by you? This is my thinking, and 
I don't claim to be the smartest bloke. Well said, by the way. Um, Zach Williams, right? Saw him today at the club. If you haven't got down there, get down there. It looks fantastic, right? Zach Williams, we're playing the curtain raiser in the VFL, right? Before the AFL, yeah? In the weekend. Is there any reason why he can't be named an emergency? Play, not, not, I'm not saying play full game. I'm not saying play two games. Like the boy will kill himself. Play a half, see how he goes, how he feels, and even just be named emergency, which is what I've said before, this Thursday, then gets named as a sub for this AFL. Because you can do that. You can, you can still play VFL and then get named as a sub, I believe. Um, I know it works the other way. So is that a possibility, Speechly? It's a it's an interesting call. It's a big call. Um, like, it's, yeah, it'd be a risky move to pull that, especially um, with him coming off an Achilles injury where the year, if you're going to play him, um, resume potentially doing it in the BFL. Um, that's yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's a bold move. Um, it'd be a brave move to do. Um, I mean, I don't mind it at all. I definitely don't mind it. But um, yeah. I or oh, yeah. As he said, I'd, I'd probably have him in straight in though, especially for Nunes personally though. But that is that is uh, I do like that idea though. I don't think it is that bold because like you you're wasting one, you're wasting an emergency. Otherwise, I think the other option is don't name him as an emergency. You just cop the fine with it. But even still, name as an emergency. He takes up one emergency spot. It's not a big deal. Yeah, we have four emergencies. How many you have? Why? I don't see. I don't see how that's that big of a deal. If you because you don't, you don't they name the sub just before the game starts, don't they? So they can still be 50-50 on who the sub's going to be. Whether it's a Dow who will probably play VFL as well. So it's probably no different to him or whatever. But yeah, just play even the back half or play a half of the game, and then I don't know. Pato, am I, am I, am I being crazy, mate? Tell me. Nah, you're not being crazy. Um, I don't mind the call, but um, I just think I think with a guy like Williams, I think you have to play him. You have to play him if he's fit. You have to play him. You have to take that risk. Um, it's round twenty three. It's a it's a it's a do or die class. You have to have a guy like Zach Williams out there. You can't have a guy like Jack Noons playing the halfback. That's just my opinion. You can't you can't have a guy like him who performed the way that he did on the weekend. And yes, you don't want to single out one player, but um, of course he didn't really live up to the pressure which um which is unfortunate like i do like noons but um i would much rather zach williams in there um and i and i would rather take that risk knowing that we have a medical sub um because if he if he isn't really that fit and we know that he's probably wasn't up to it we just bring in the medical sub um but yeah that's just my opinion uh i just think we have to play zach williams on the field Heath, you've got contacts in the club mate you're high you're high up tell me how what do you think of the idea can you run a bottom for me that is wrong. I have no contacts within the club and I I respect your idea, but there is 0.1% chance of that happening. I think he'll play. Um, I think, like Pato said, it's his do or die, man. He's got to play. Um, you know, I think he's fit. He's been play, training with the, uh, like the full training program for the last three or four weeks. So if he's not ready, then I'm not sure what Dre Russ has been doing for the last four weeks, just sitting on his ass doing nothing. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, having, Jesus, slot him in the back six. Fuck me. He's calling it out, kicking a goal, mate. Um, but yeah, you got, got him and Saad there. You got Chuck Dock in the middle. You don't need him down back. You got Marchi, Gov, Young, Weeders. It's pretty good back six. So, um, Zachy boy, get back into the side and uh, yeah, get that run and dash off half back. Absolutely, mate. He got his um, got his salad into him today uh, at the cafe. I saw that. A bit weird, a bit stalkish, but I saw it. Um, especially just on Saad, Daffy just mentioned it. I mean, we all know your thoughts a year ago. You hated the bloke, right? I will say. Like, how good is this bloke? Like, the ability, I can't remember who it was, but the ability to actually, I think he, like, ran at the bloke 
and then just sort of pivoted last second and got the left foot around him. Like, how good is this bloke spatially? I'm so, and just the emotion he felt for the club. How good is he? I, look, look, hate's a strong word. Um, yeah. Was disappointed and was expecting more. Um, but he is he is a very, very good fool. He's, he's top three, best and fairest this year, easily. Um, he's, yeah, and he's obviously he's up and going. And I thought Flight Saudi is very, very fun to watch. And I'm very, very happy. He's at our football club. Very, very happy. He's, I love him. The ability, right? Even when the ball's in, like, dispute, whatever, like, 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 he's, like he's playing basketball at times and he can just bounce it up to himself and take it and takes blokes on and... Fuck me. Um, anyway, we'll move into just general possession and possessions uh, of the football. Um, look, they're a pretty tough team. You know, it's like about Viney, who's just one of um, you know the the tough cookies in there, and Brayshaw wears a helmet, so it's less tough. But uh, uh, look, look, we were good. I think with Doc and Cripper, um, but I just feel their contested marking and just marking in general for me. I spoke about TDK before and potential for him there but i just felt like in the first half i sent the stat through i can't remember what it was but um we're getting just sort of outmarked um throughout the market stats here so 72 to 61 overall 61 is 36 below our average which we can put down to a few things marks inside 50 11 to 7 so bit out there contested marking 22 to 12 um which is quite a big difference uh that's double their average and it's about on our average Daffy, do you read into that, mate? Do you agree with me, or what's your opinion on it? Oh, yeah, you kind of have to, looking at those stats, especially the contested uh, marking. Um, for me, I just think, I think Harry, like you said, had probably game high, was, was it four or four or five? I thought he was phenomenal contested marking. I just thought, um, obviously, Charlie had his chances, but just contested, uh, didn't take as many as he usually does. Um, you know, those pack marks. But it was one of those games for me. I don't think marking was the way you were to win the game. Um, you know, there was even dirds was flying at balls and it was just good to, it was good to see. Like, just a one-on-one where he's against Petty or who do you, who gives a shit who you're at? Yeah. Go for it. Um, I, felt, I felt their defenders weren't very great. I thought May, I thought, yeah, I thought Harry gave May a bath, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, it's just... It is frustrating, but it's like, what can you do? Because um, the personnel out there, I think, you know, when it, we weren't tiny. We weren't going out there with, you know, one ruck and no tall forwards and no key backs. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, so club high was Harry for us. So the Blues were four, but the, the two top were, as I said, Max Gorn with five, Jackson with four, um, which you expect because it's being big blokes. But um, especially how do you read into that, mate? Um, I think a lot of it, especially in terms of us being below average, was just Melbourne's structure behind the ball. I think they didn't let us uh, move the ball how we wanted to move the ball. Um, and obviously, I'm not having TDK, as we've said, to not take the contested marks. But, yeah, it was mostly just their, their structure, not letting us chip the ball around and move it from there, I think is probably the main sort of um, factor for the marks being down. But I didn't, I didn't really think, as, as Ethan said, that marks were that big. Video is just uncontested marks. I think um, the game was won with in tight contested ball, and and we did that pretty well. But unfortunately, just let ourselves down in the end. But yeah, I, I wasn't too too fast. Um, I mean, we let them have their way a little bit in terms of the corridor, but I I thought neither team was able to control the corridor. Um, so I thought that was fine. I, I wasn't too fast, other than the contested marks and not being able to bring the ball to ground as much as we normally would. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, go to you now, Pato. Just contested possessions as well, I mentioned, 175 to 156. Uh, what was your opinion on that? 
As yeah, a whole. absolutely spot on speech with um with the whole structure. Um, completely agree with that. Um, I just think that um, it just shows that how good Melbourne really are. Like, yes, arguably they probably weren't playing great. I, I personally think that they were playing pretty well. Um, I just think small aspects of the game probably didn't really turn out too well for them. But um, yeah, my like their structure is the best in the comp. Um, and they are the best in the comp for a reason. But um, yeah, with a contestant. But, with the contested possessions, I don't know. Um, I don't really know where to read it just because I think it's a little bit um, like we were pretty similar in that sense of the game. But I just think like we were so hard at the ball, man. Um, I just think one thing with Durden, like when he went up against Harrison Petty, I went on my feet and said, well done, Corey Durden. That is a, guy, a, playing, that is a guy that is playing for himself. Well, well, he's not playing for himself, but he's playing for a spot in this side and he's trying so hard to get into this side because I mean like he's been medical sub and unfortunately got injured a couple of weeks ago but it just shows that how much passion and some like the intent for the footy that also Jack Martin I'll say this also his pressure where has that been in your career at the Carlton Football Club like I, I was like arguably I mean like we'll get into it later but um I think he was very close best on ground for me because he was fantastic, fantastic with his pressure and he just created something. And um, yeah, but other than that, um, yeah, I just think, I don't know. <laughs> I completely agree, mate, with uh, on Jack Martin. Um, but his career as well, the club has been on the sidelines a lot of it. Like it just seems the way it goes down. But when that, as, he, as he showed on the weekend, that bloke gets a game. If he actually can screw a few games together, he's uh, uh, definitely a high, highly valued Member of the team, in my opinion, and I think three goals in the end, did he? Or a couple. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think you've done very well. And another person I'll get stuck into. Uh, stuck into. I'll mention uh, as a positive. Not get stuck into. Don't know why I said that. Uh, one of your faves, uh, Eth, is Lewis um, Young. Just uh, I think it was three. I wrote the acronyms. I don't understand. But uh, three contested marks. I think it was. Uh, which we sort of mentioned a few weeks ago. Just his ability to actually sort of spoil when he can mark. Um, which he's still definitely spoiled. He had 24 spoils, which is his, um, his career record. Um, so career high and over double his average, which is just a super game. Uh, five intercept marks, which is a season high for him and three contested marks as a whole. Uh, Ethan, how'd you read his game, mate? Phenomenal. He was absolutely phenomenal. Obviously, we've talked about him and, and Weeders the last month or so just being a little bit off compared to, you know, the expect- well, obviously the expectations we have of them considering the form they had at the start of the year was... Uh, you know, obviously got higher as the games went on. But um, just reading this tweet now that's just come up on my phone, um, talking about spoils, he's had 186 spoils, 17 more spoils than any other player in the AFL this season, despite not playing every game. Um, he's just a natural kind of defender. Uh, I just like the way he goes about it. And what is he, 21? Jesus Christ, we, he's only going to get better. He's only going to get better. And um, I felt like on the weekend, like you said, he, he took more marks. And I think he led the game for intercept marks as well, which is huge, considering his spoil numbers were huge as well. So I think he was, geez, we had a pretty few good defenders in there, but I think he was that one that was just vital for us. I think he locked down Ben Brown for majority of the game. Um, but yeah, no, it was good to see. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Completely agree. Especially, how'd you read his game? I mean, it's hard not to read it as fantastic. I would have thought, but you can read things a bit differently at times. <laughs> no, no, I thought it was good. I just wish those stats already had twenty three spoils and six intercept marks. Um, when he spoiled that last one, when we had three on one with fifty seconds yeah, left. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, yeah. but, <laughs> yeah. but other than that, other than that, other than that, blimp. Um, he was phenomenal. Um, obviously Ben Brown wasn't cited. Um, so I mean, which isn't a surprise. He's not cited most weeks, but um, yeah, I mean, nothing. Young was phenomenal. Did his job. Marked the ball, which was very surprising. As we said, always always expecting to go up with at least one fist. Um, do still get a little nervous when he goes to kick the ball. Um, but. Yeah, he's, he, he was filmed. Yeah, just, just wish he took that last mark. Oh, what have we got, Cal, there? We'll move through it anyway to Pato. Um, look, mate, look, we do say it does get, I don't know if you hear it, but at the game, depends where you sit maybe, whenever Youngie does go off for a spoil or do something brilliant, you do hear the, the Liam who, um, which we won't go into now. But uh, Pato, all your thoughts on his game, mate? Phenomenal, what a thought. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was um, absolutely fantastic, wasn't he? Um, I think Speed said it there. I just think um, he locked down Ben Brown. Um, ben Brown. Ben Brown um, to an absolute T. Um, and, yeah, like, I rate Brown somewhat. Uh, I think when he actually gets a footy, um, that's when he can do his damage. But it's actually when he actually gets a footy, that's his um, that's his problem. So, um, yeah, I thought, I thought Lewis Young did well. And especially when a Luke Jackson or a Max Gorn came down there, he was the player that had to step up. Um, and yeah, I thought he was, he, he, he just did that really well. Um, Cause I mean, as we spoke about, um, he, well, like he's 23. So it's not like he's a, he's a very experienced defender. Um, and I know that at, like he wasn't playing a lot of backline at the doggies. He was kind of shifted around. Of course he was initially a backliner. Um, but yeah, I thought as soon as he came over, um, yeah, he's, he's really impressed me. And he's probably arguably the most improved player at Carlton, which um, there's many of them, but um, yeah, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, well said, mate. Um, it's actually a good question you asked there. Um, most improved player. I'll get everyone's thoughts on that in a minute. But um, look, um, yeah, you brought it up there earlier. Especially, we didn't ask you the question. Pato, Daffy, we know your thoughts on Liam Jones. But uh, um, what are your thoughts on Liam Jones, mate? We've already got the conversation pick. He's all but gone to the dogs. Would you have taken him back to his bench? Um, probably not. I think we haven't had a 30-year-old play game this year. And we've been fine. Um, I I don't don't think we, we needed him. Um, obviously Young's done probably exactly what Liam would have done at a younger age. So I look as good as he was, and, and as you know, as good as all he did for for us. Um, yeah, I I, I personally wouldn't have. Well said, Spencer. Uh, always good to get your opinion, mate. Uh, we're stuck in the best on ground now. Uh, Ethan, who do you have, mate? Yeah, my best on ground. I was trying to think think outside the box. I thought there was a few blokes that uh, really could have been best on ground. There was plenty. Um, but for mine, this guy was in the media, obviously, due to the um, being suspended for two weeks initially, getting off, which was uh, a controversy in the AFL world, even though he was going for the pill. But uh, Paddy Cripps, captain's game, like Speechly said earlier, 26 touches, 12 tackles. He was hard of the ball early. You could tell we were on. When he's on, we're on uh, four marks and 73% disposal efficiency when our efficiency wasn't very high for the whole night. His is, you know, usually lower than most blokes. So, um, and one one uh, play for his was um, that inboard kick to Charlie and then Charlie hooked around to Harry, uh, which was over the back. That was a, that was really cripper starting that run through the pack. Hit, hit uh, Kerno on the tit and then he wheeled around to Harry who was out the back. Stephen May was in... Uh, I don't know where the hell he was, but um, yeah, it was a good goal. But yeah, right arm by Cripper. Good game. Completely agree, mate. Um, I probably would have had the same, otherwise maybe Doherty. But um, Pato, who do you have? 
Yeah, um, I'm changing my um mind late. I know that uh, I know that a few people. Uh, I know that last week I was like about to change my tips. I think I did change my tips late. That's a two out two. Be Harry Mackay for first goal, but I've gone Jack Martin. I've gone Jack Martin because, and I'm gonna explain why. I think it's when when we played our best footy, our best pass, like our best passage, our best quarter. I mean, we played a great game overall, but I just think that his just intent for the footy was kind of cripper like um, when he kind of lift, like when he went for the footy, the crowd was up and about as well. Like it was just like that's the Jack Martin we want to know. Like that's the that's the Jack Martin that we want to see, and um, he makes things happen. Like. So he kicked three goals and he finished with, with, with nine touches with, of course, that he's playing as a forward. I would love for him to get more of the footy. Um, three tackles as well. But I, but I want to try and see how many one percenters he actually had because I reckon any speed, like you never really see how quick he actually is. But my word is he quick. Like he is so quick to the footy and he just chased down tackles after chase, like bumps and laying that extra, just that extra bump, that extra hand on the jumper to mess up the kick of the opposition. Like I know that last week I saw it as well we, we, um, against Brisbane. I think it was a tackle involving Chera. Um, and he just, he was just that guy that went for like, it was, he wanted to hurt him. And like, he's just not, he's like, I feel like that's what's kind of changed with Jack Martin is he's not that type of nice player anymore. He's, he's that guy who wants to hurt his opposition. And that's exactly what we kind of need in this forward line. And um, yeah, he was fantastic. I thought. Yeah, absolutely, mate. He's definitely a vital player, as we said before, to this best 22, just the pressure, just everything, as you just mentioned. Um, Speechly, who was your who was your best, mate? Um, just before, um, I'm just glad Pato got his my word in. It wouldn't be in a Baggers chat episode um, if we didn't get a my word from Pato. So um, we'll see that get in there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, well, can't go past the skipper. Cannot go past the skipper for best on. He was he was just phenomenal, as Ethan said. Um, just so happy that he was able to know use the booze as fuel and um almost get us over the line but um yeah he was best on for both teams by far for me well said mate we've uh we'll look, we've covered everything we've got best on ground so we've covered every square inch of the fucking mcg um how big sorry Pat, sort of swear uh, how big is is this week day in all seriousness we'll get it we're stuck into it in the preview in the coming days it could be a few things unfolding, maybe with players, whatever. We'll see what happens there. We'll see who's named. We're playing for finals. When's the last time this happened, Speechly? Oh, sorry. We got to mention as well. Charlie, Coleman, already pretty much locked in now, which is great. Um, so good on you. I wouldn't be locking it in yet. Lock it in. Lock it in. Lock it in. Lock it in. Look, we're playing. We're not Speechly. Stats man, you are back. This is a question for you. When was the last time? Any club or the Blues played on the same day, even for a spot in the final in both the seniors and reserves, because it may no, no one talks about it. But we're playing for a spot in the final in the VFL this week too, boys. We are currently sitting, I think it's an eight eight spot, equal points with the Tigers, who are playing Frankston, who are a bottom four or five side, right? Um, and we're playing obviously Collingwood, who are higher above than us. So we do need to win this game to make. Seniors finals, reserves finals. When's the last time that happened, especially? I'm going to be honest. I don't know. Uh, well, it wouldn't have happened in my lifetime that both yep. have made finals. <laughs> what a good sign, though. And also, as much as they're playing for finals, it's not locked in. But how good is that? The, like, the VFL, in my opinion, like, we, we speak about the seniors and the injuries. 
as much as they get decimated, the VFL even more so. They've got to bring in these random no names from no, no offense to other clubs and do what they can because seniors get decimated. Our AFL listed players in the VFL going to the seniors. There's no one in the VFL and they're still playing for finals this week. So great signs for the Carlton Footy Club. So kudos to them. And um, that's about it from me. Is there anything else you boys wanted to mention? Huge week. Huge week. Just before the preview, um, get to the game. Get to the ground. I get to the games. Games, too. Games. Games. Just get to the G. Doesn't matter what time, just be there. Just be there. Get around it. Um, and let's uh, get into those pies. It's time for revenge. You're right, mate. Doesn't matter what time, but I'll see you three boys there at 11.30 a.m. for a beer prior to the VFL. Um, oh, your shout, mate, quick. the first round? Oh, when is it? 11.45, right? It starts at the, at the G, which is pretty early. Um, I haven't woken up that much. I've woken up that early to see a Blues team since they played in fucking New Zealand. But still... Good to see. Good to have them both on the same day. Should have more of it. Um, we love to see it. We'll touch on the, the women's footy as well from last week. Played before the men's. Um, fucking terrible. But anyway, um, <laughs> I watched every game last year. And yeah, that was, there's always so much hype going into the season. And that was uh, pretty pathetic. But anyway, um, anything else you want to do, boys? Oh, Come on, mate. Oh, just shoot myself, <laughs> mate. Shoot myself. But imagine if we get it done. Imagine the G, 100,000, 50,000. There will be 50 people, 50,000 people lighting out the front. It's just going to be an awesome Sunday, hopefully. Mate, don't, don't imagine if, imagine when, because we are winning this week. We'll, get, we'll, get, we'll talk about it in the preview, but we are not. I was talking to Terry from Blue Abroad, shout out, at the club today that I was there. Make sure you boys get down. Good discounts on at the moment. Um, good to be, good, good. It's just so good what they've done there. Anyway, uh, look, he's very confident. He doesn't see us, he can't see us losing this game. Degoe potentially out. It doesn't matter. Gideman definitely out. But it doesn't matter. We play. We play. Who we play, we beat them. Like in all seriousness, who did the Ds have out this week? They they had no one out that I know of. Um, and we and we have you know two of our you know midfield balls. You know no Hewitt, no Kennedy, and we still almost and should have fucking won. We can beat Collingwood. They're they're pretenders. They're no one. And who cares? They we Who's will win off? this game Who's of fucking football. Wheels have fallen off at uh, Victoria Park. Yeah. <laughs> scum down there. And, you know, they lose to Sydney and they're going to lose to the Blues. They're playing for top four. We're playing for top eight. Um, it's a big game. It's a huge game. Speed should be there. Everyone will be there. That's it from me. Thank you for following. Doing it all. Pato, mate, bring us home, please. Can't wait for the, pre- oh, the preview, boys, of the Collingwood game. But as always, boys, up the burgers. Go the burgers. Go the burgers. Go the burgers.